I was working at a company and there was a guy that worked there and he was a pretty nice guy, had made a good impression on me. I mean, I didn't really work closely with him, but knew him enough that he passed away suddenly. And I wanted to go and support, you know, his family and pay my respects. And they had this memorial of him and it, it showed him running and he had a medal from the Chicago Marathon. And I thought, I want a medal. <laughs> and so here in my adult life, I was like, I think I'm going to start running. <laughs> Welcome to Part-Time Athletes, a podcast that interviews everyday people about their fitness journeys. That was Nia Oboete. She's a Wisconsin-based triathlete and skier. She's also the author of the children's book, I Am a Triathlete. In today's episode, Nia's going to talk about her skiing journey, triathlete journey, and a little bit about what led to the development of her children's book. Before we jump into the episode, I did want to invite you to a free virtual mini wellness retreat I'm hosting. There will be yoga, meditation, and journaling sessions. Visit www.freeoutside.com to register and to learn more. It's on April 17th, and it's 100% free to sign up, and all are welcome. Okay, now that I've invited you to that, let's get started, athletes. So when did you start doing triathlons? Like, How did you get into the, the multi-sport world? Oh, um, it has been truly an exciting journey. And I say that because I started running. <laughs> Brie, hit, hit, hit. <laughs> um, I was running with a running group. Um, I just wanted to, you know, get out a little bit more and run. And so I started with a running group and there was someone in the group that mentioned triathlons, but I wasn't a very good swimmer at the time. So I had thought nothing, absolutely nothing about doing a triathlon. And then I found a $40 bike at the Goodwill and it took me $60 to get it tuned up. Yes, I did. It was just a regular old (laughs) mountain bike. And um, purchased that puppy. (laughs) And that was my first bike. And once I got my bike and I was, you know, pretty much switching between biking and running, it found a online um, group called Black Black Girls Do Bike. And so started biking with them. And I had been running already with Black Girls Run. And so I... um, thought about seriously doing a triathlon and, and and considered it. I thought that it would be a good challenge for me. I had been doing both for a little while. And um, the, the part that I was fearful about the most was the swim part because I was not a strong swimmer. I was not a swimmer at all. Let's put it that way. Um, if I was in a pool and I needed to get from one side to the other, particularly the deep end, I would float on my back until I got there. And so um, getting into a lake (laughs) to swim and do half a mile, (laughs) that was something completely new and different for me um, and definitely a challenge. So yeah, so I got into being a triathlete in triathlons um, a couple of years ago. Okay, wait, so let's back up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So what age did you start running again? Or did you run when you were a kid in school, like in sports at all? Well, I did do track um, while I was in high school. So but I had not um, 
been running since, not as an adult. Um, I was working at a company and there was a guy that worked there and he was a pretty nice guy, had made a good impression on me. I mean, I didn't really work closely with him, but knew him enough that he passed away suddenly. And I wanted to go and support, you know, his family and pay my respects. And they had this memorial of him and it, it showed him running and he had a medal from the Chicago Marathon. And I thought, I want a medal. <laughs> and so here in my adult life, I was like, I think I'm going to start running. <laughs> And so I found a race called Run Into the New Year. And that year, um, I think he passed away in the fall, come winter, I was ready to run. And I found the online running group with Black Girls Run and started running with them. And so as an adult, I would say is when I picked it back up, I, I probably had last run probably in high school. So <laughs> at the time, my sport of choice was um, skiing. So I love to ski. So that's something I would do quite often, but not running, not cycling. I hadn't quite gotten into that. So I was looking for a way to kind of stay fit when I wasn't skiing. So this was a great way to do it. Okay. I feel like we have to talk a little bit about the skiing now though. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. it. <laughs> I'm from Arizona. And so, yeah, I don't see a lot of snow. I went to college in Denver, but I was ne I never got brave enough to go up and do any skiing. So Bree, when did you, when oh did you no. skiing? <laughs> Bree, you're missing out, girlfriend. So skiing, probably I took that up. Um, after college. So I've, it's been over <laughs> over 10 years plus of skiing. Um, there was a ski group out of Detroit that would go up to Canada um, and um, do these um, ski trips, which included um, pajama parties, it included, you know, um, happy hour, it included, you know, uh, just all this fun, they could DJs. So basically you would ski all day and then you'd come off the mountain and go to happy hour and then you'd go and, you know, party and stuff and then you'd get up and ski again. And so um, I took lessons while I was there, which is the best thing that I would advise people to do who are getting into skiing. Even now, although I've been an avid skier, I usually, if I'm going to a new mountain, I will take a lesson and improve my skills. So skiing is probably one of those things that um, for me, I just always enjoyed. And so when um, this incident happened at work and I was looking for a way to you know, stay stay healthy in the off season of not skiing. <laughs> Running seemed to be a good option. So yeah, <laughs> there's a group called the National Brotherhood of Skiers. And so that group um, gets together. Um, they usually have what you consider all of the ski clubs that are across the United States. They get together. Um, usually every other year are the bigger years, but typically they organize something every year um, so that all the ski clubs from all over the United States kind of connect. And then there are local ski clubs um, like the one um, that was out 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 of Michigan that I would go to the ski event with, 
who organize um, different ski trips um, that are always fun and um, never any drama <laughs> and just, you know, um, a lot of time up on the hill skiing. Yeah. <laughs> and in, in that place, I was able to meet people that enjoy skiing. And so probably about Four years ago, um, connected with a group that we went to Japan. We went to um, Niseko to ski for almost a week. So, yeah, we do international wow. trips of skiing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fabulous. <laughs> skiing is the life. <laughs> oh, man. And Brie, you didn't ski anytime you were in school. Oh, man, you got to go back. You got to. No. <laughs> uh-uh. no, that's so wrong about that. <laughs> And skiing, the motion, it's it's kind of similar to running, right? So it's really good cross-training? Um, I would say, uh, you know, the part about it is really about endurance and breathing and um, staying fit. It's definitely different muscle groups. Um, okay. So you're definitely challenging different um, muscles. But I think um, overall, the running helps to you know build that endurance and help. It. Running has helped me with my breathing and just staying fit. You know, um, so I think um, they, it has some similarities, but mostly I'd say um, skiing is a lot easier than running. <laughs> <laughs> but- running the hard part with running is that if you're gonna do distances. You need to be running pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. And so running is harder once you put it down and you pick it back up to try to go run. So, and I'm a slow runner. So that's the hard part for me. Me so, too. I'm right with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when I did my first marathon, it just took me forever. And so, you know, I can do it. I can do the endurance. I can do the longer distances. It's just, you know, the course is going to, the course is going to shut down after seven hours. So I got to get there before then. <laughs> so I think, you know, the challenge with running is that it's harder for you to put it down and do, if you put it down and try to do longer distance, you run the risk of hurting yourself. Um, whereas skiing, um, typically you can pick your skis back up and it's like muscle memory and you're back on the slopes, you know, um, you do a couple of baby runs and then you're good to go. You warm up just, you know, normal warm up and then you're ready to go. So there's a lot of um, ease to transitioning into skiing versus if you were doing longer distances and running. So So what was your first marathon? And tell us about it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So if you're going to pick one to do, definitely do Chicago. It it was the absolute best (laughs) because it was mostly flat and it had people all along the way. Now see Post-COVID, I'm curious how it'll be. But I felt like a superstar, like really. (laughs) (laughs) The people of Chicago come out and support you to like the nth degree that you're just like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) You are, I mean, it's just the whole, the whole way, maybe towards the end, you may not see as many people until you get closer to the finish line. But typically the whole whole route it's just lined with so many people and you know you have people giving you twizzlers and just it's all it's really I now I because of the training and because I'm so slow it's harder for me to even conceive doing a marathon again although I've been um thinking about 
um, those that do, I think it's the five of, you know, like Tokyo, London, and then they get this really, so bling encourages me. (laughs) 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 So bling may be my motivator. So I can't say never anymore because if I see some bling, I might have to, I might have to train for a race, but But mostly, um, you know, I would I would recommend the Chicago Marathon because for me, it was it was a really good race. It really was. You're motivated by bling. But for me, it's food. Like I always tell people to do Lost Dutchman because they have the best snacks of any race I've ever run. Really? Wait, what's it called? I'm writing it down. (laughs) Um, The Lost Dutchman Marathon. It's here in Arizona and like the Gold Canyon Apache Junction area. It's got a really uh, beautiful starting line because they had um, fire pits and it was just great. They only let 400 people run the full marathon every year. So you're not like overcrowded, but yeah, the, there's not the crowd presence you were talking about. So that might be something I should try. Sounds cool. (laughs) It's pretty scenic. I, yeah, I love it. And Arizona is pretty flat too. So this race was not. We have the Phoenix Mason Marathon. Everyone, a lot of people here run that one because yeah, yeah, it's super flat and you can get a good PR. Yeah. Um, But the the Los Dutchman, there's some hills. (laughs) It's a little bit challenging. It took me forever too. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I know what you mean about not being sure if I'm going to run a second one. I want to, but yeah, just the, the training time. Whew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the training time. It like consumes your weekends pretty much yeah. um, as you're training. And so that's the hard part about doing longer distances. Even with triathlons, um, that's the hard part too, because um, triathlons, just like with running, have different distances. You know, you have the sprint, you have the Olympic. The sprint is, and then you have a super sprint, which is even, the distance is even less. But I like to do the sprints because the sprints are a half a mile swim, 12 mile bike ride, and then a 5k. And so typically, you know, um, you know, they give you about three hours to do the course and usually you don't need three hours. Um, but, um, you could definitely walk the 5k if you wanted to, you could definitely, you know, float on your back the whole half a mile (laughs) if you needed to, and then 12 miles on your bike. Like typically you can do that. So, you know, it's made for sprints are really made for beginners. And then they have super sprints, which the distance is probably about half. (laughs) And a lot, you know, those distances are, they have distances for kids, which are not a lot, not as much as, um, as, um, as the adults as well. So just like with, you know, marathons and half marathons and 5Ks, you have this, you have similar longer distances um, for triathlons. So you could start with the beginner. Look, you could aim for the sprint. (laughs) (laughs) What's been your favorite triathlon so far or the most memorable one? My favorite, my most memorable. So I do um, the one that started it all. It's called the Iron Girl, which which is in Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. Um, it started with a series called Dan Skin, um, and you and what they were attempting to do is to make a make a race that was really um, geared to beginners and helping beginners um, join the sport. 
And so the race itself, um, it has what they call swim angels. So um, you have a half a mile swim, but you have these people on the platforms who are looking, you know, for people where it's um, swim challenged or, you know, having some difficulty and they'll come out and they'll support you. And, um, you know, in some cases you can, you know, have a noodle um, in some cases, um, but most, most people who are doing the, that triathlon, they're not, they're trying to do it, uh, unassisted. Um, but the race itself is just really made, you know, it's flat. The 12 miles are pretty flat. Um, the 5k is around the lake and then the swim is across the lake, which is nice because a lot of triathlons, they have you swim out, you know, across and then back in. And that's not nearly as fun as just swimming straight because straight makes it really easy. <laughs> you don't have to turn anywhere. You yeah. know, you just keep going forward. So um, it's still in a lake, you know, that has fish and it has leaves and it has turtles <laughs> and it has girlfriends. <laughs> so you it's a lot of that to. mentally that you got to get over. But other than that. <laughs> Jasmine Rogers she was on the podcast a few episodes ago, but oh. she told this crazy story about jellyfish during a triathlon. Shut <laughs> up. It's my favorite story so far. <laughs> For real? Those are dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> I can actually I remember she she's like, the guy was like, ladies, ladies, it's going to be fine. And she's like, he lied. <laughs> <laughs> whoa <laughs> yeah that was crazy she kind of scared me away from those open water ones <laughs> ah, yeah yeah um we we were doing the sprint triathlon in chicago um two years ago and they actually had to cancel the swim portion because we were swimming in lake michigan but the water was um so rough um, that they couldn't even, the lifeguards couldn't even put their platform out far enough um, and secure it enough that, that um, it kept falling in the water and everything. So they had to, they had to cancel the swim portion of it um, about two years ago. Yep. Wow. <laughs> mm -hmm. You never know when it comes to open water, what I what thought you were going to say because they found a body or something. Cause oh, we, no. <laughs> and the, the big one around here, they use, um, it's Tempe Town Lake, and they have found some bodies in there. So <laughs> I don't know if I want to swim in there. <laughs> oh, my. Now, that's crazy. Now, that, that would definitely freak me out. <laughs> yeah. You never know what you'll find. Um, did you take lessons to get better at the swimming part? Yeah, definitely. So um, my first time around, um, I just practiced in a pool. I had a friend who was a good swimmer and I had her give me some pointers and I checked out YouTube and got my confidence up. And I just felt like if I had a plan that I could make it across. And once I made it across, the, the bike and the run would be pretty easy. At the time, I was running a lot. And I had my mountain bike. And so I just thought if I could make it across. So then I just practiced in a pool on my back, kind of floating and you just moving across the water. And, you know, and I did that for a longer than a half a mile because, you know, they say sometimes you can you want to practice, you know, a, a little bit more than the distance that you'd be that you would be doing just in case, um, you know, you 
for somehow you ended up off the route or something like that. So I had been practicing, you know, um, without any instruction, my first one. And then after my first one, I started taking um, adult lessons, adult swim lessons, swim lessons to improve. And those were great. I, I learned how to flip turn in the pool as an adult person, <laughs> which I was like, woohoo, I'm pretty bad. I'm pretty, hey, hey, I was popping my collar then because I was like doing a flip turn in the pool. That is like, uh, like for me was just, I, I couldn't conceive that that's something that I would have learned how to do. So, so yeah, so the adult swim lessons, um, you can find them usually at uh, most of your local pools. Um, searched them out and they were the best things because the one that I took, um, it was fairly inexpensive. And part of what they offered was at the beginning, they would record you and they would record you above the water and below the water. And then you would take all the lessons and then they would record you again above the water and below the water. So then you could see yourself, you know, are you extending your hands? Are you cupping? You know, you could really see, um, you know, how you were either progressing and things that you needed to improve on. And that helped you to mentally think about that when you're out swimming. So, yeah. So the swim lessons were awesome. In fact, I really enjoy swimming now. My my swim time is probably the fastest time in my run time stinks now, Brie. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the one thing about multi-sports is you're always trying to, you know, beat your last time and you're always trying to, you know, you're you're usually focusing on one and then one goes to the wayside. So you're always trying to, you know, be better. So so yeah. How do you juggle your training? Because, yeah, three sports, that's a Mm -hmm. lot. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, because the distance isn't so much, it doesn't really take as much um, time out of the schedule. So usually um, as I get closer to the race, then I'm picking up, you know, um, at least swimming once a week and then getting out running and then um, practicing my transition. So what I typically do is – pop the bike out now and do some biking and then, you know, rack the bike and then, you know, hit the track or something like that and do a couple of miles. And that's the benefit of doing a sprint triathlon because, um, you know, the distance, like you can, pra- you can practice after work and still, you know, feel like you got a good practice in because the distance isn't that long, you know, you're not practicing a half marathon distance, you know, you're practicing a 5k distance. And so, you know, you can do that after work. And so um, the training for it is not as bad as you think. (laughs) I think once you put together a plan and you stick to it, um, typically, you can get through your training and um, do pretty good on triathlon day. And so how did your 2020 training go, you know, with all the events Uh, getting canceled and it's hard to meet with your groups. How'd that go? <laughs> Pretty dis- depressing, I tell you. I haven't been at a pool in about a year. Um, my local YMCA that I go to is now that I used to go to um, didn't even reopen. Um, 
And so I'm still contemplating when I'll be able to get back into a pool. Um, <laughs> so we'll see. I I have signed up for the Iron Girl this year. It's not until August. So I okay. have some time to figure yeah. it out. Yep. I have some time to figure it out. <laughs> and then last year, what we did was um, a couple of friends and I, we were actually practicing and like pushing it. So that was pretty cool. Um, we actually went down to the lakefront and um, jumped in the water and practiced there. So we don't have to be limited to the pool once it warms up. I mean, I am in Wisconsin. That's the down. <laughs> that's the downside. I can't get out and swim in Lake Michigan. Now it's way too cold. <laughs> oh, man. But, it's like know. 90s here already. They're talking about it being 100 maybe later this week or next week. <laughs> oh, that would be so cool. But you don't really have a body of water close to you, do you? You have lakes. Just have that lakes. lake I mentioned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so once once it warms up, you know, and if I'm still having problems getting to a pool, I can always do hit the beach and hit Lake Michigan. So that's the benefit of it. But yeah, 2020 was pretty hard um, there I did sign up for the virtual version of the triathlon, um, you know, and then you could switch off um, the the great part about triathlons. It is three sports. And so technically you could, um, you know, you could do another sport that it's kind of the equivalent. And, and so in some challenges and often YMCA, they'll have a challenge um, for triathlons and typically you know, you can find an activity like rowing or something else that's kind of equivalent to swimming or just getting your exercise in as long as you're doing kind of three multi-sports or doing you know, three sports. Um, so they had a virtual version of it. So it allows you to still participate, which was nice. <laughs> and then, so how did your triathlon training lead to your children's book? Yeah. So the book, um, I am a triathlete. Yeah, I am a triathlete. So the, I am a triathlete book, um, wasn't just one thing. It was really a combination of things. Um, I'd been doing triathlons for a couple of years and, um, my niece, um, at the time, um, had started taking swimming swimming classes and um, or joined her swim team. And I thought it would be a great opportunity for her to get to start becoming a triath- a triathlete. Um, and then when I went to look for books that um, that showed people of color swimming, biking and running, I, I it was hard to find them. And um, I thought that was really strange because <laughs> here we are in 2020, you know, 2019, 2020, where are the books showing people of color doing these things that um, I love to do? Um, how can I encourage my niece to do them? And then I came across some statistics about children's books and the representation of minorities Um you know, there seems to be, I wouldn't say seems, there are more books for other, meaning dogs, cats, uh, uh, elephants, uh, ghosts, goblins, <laughs> trolls. Um, if you take all of those children's books combined, 
um, you still wouldn't have, they still wouldn't stack up to the um, underrepresentation of African-American, Asian, Hispanics books, if you even stacked all our books together. So that really motivated me to want to do and produce something. And so the book, um, the idea of doing the children's book was born. <laughs> um, someone had given me a book called, What Do You Do With an Idea? And it's a children's picture book as well. And I thought, wait, adults are reading picture books? Like, what? <laughs> so then it became <laughs> the ability to say, hey, I could write this book that could touch both children and adults. And um, my goal was to, I was already pretty much, you know, every year bringing someone along with me in my triathlon journey. Um, meaning um, ladies that I knew who were already swimming or running or biking or doing one and not the other and was interested in doing triathlons. And um, some of these ladies were in their late 60s and here they are doing a triathlon for their first time. And so I thought the book would be a great way to both encourage um, people who are young and would be interested in the sport and people who are older, who um, may be in the sport already and just need to, you know, um, be encouraged or people who are new to the sport. So my book really was a, just a way to encourage people outside of my circle and get them interested in being a triathlete. <laughs> so that's how the book really came. And I know that's kind of a long story to long answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> to how it was birthed. <laughs> and then when I wrote it, um, I, I wasn't really going to do much with it. I, I, the, when I originally wrote it, there was someone that I know knew who was in publishing and they were going to just, you know, publish it and put it on their site. I hadn't thought about putting it on Amazon or anything like that. And when that didn't materialize, I, I just had this product that I thought, you know, what, I'm curious how many people would be interested in it, how many people um, would want to buy it. And so um, I did a Kickstarter, a crowdfunder, um, first time doing that. <laughs> and the book, and we met our goal. I mean, we, we raised, um, we met our goal within 24 hours. And, wow, within um, 24 hours. Mm -hmm, That's yep, amazing. Yes. Yeah, it is amazing. And it, it was just really rewarding to know that this was something that people were interested in reading and interested in finding more about. And so um, when you go out to Kickstarter, um, I Am a Triathlete at the time was the most backed children's triathlete book. <laughs> <laughs> in Kickstarter's history and the most funded um, children's triathlete um, book, picture book. So, so yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. That was pretty rewarding to know that when you produce something and people embrace it, um, that's really a humbling experience. Definitely. Um, so I'm just going to open it up if there's anything else about your triathlon journey that you want to get in or to tell people 
Yeah. I just want people to know that it's never too late to try the sport. It's never too late to um, find a new interest, a new goal. Um, And lastly, you know, my book was written to encourage people to become triathletes and look into the sport, but it was also written to encourage people to write their own story and know that um, there are stories out there that need to be heard. And um, if you have a story that's been um, aching at you to tell, tell it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, athletes, that's all the time we have for today's episode. I want to say thanks again to Nia Oboete for making time to do this interview. It was a lot of fun chatting with you. You can find Nia at her website, niatheauthor.com. That's N-I-A, theauthor.com. Nia is also on Twitter and Instagram with the username niatheauthor altogether. And you can get direct links to her social profiles on her website. Thanks everyone for listening to today's episode. I 100% super appreciate your support. And if you want to share your story on the podcast, please visit breeoutside.com and reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you about being on the show. Tune in next time for another episode of Part-Time Athletes.